little uh, day three intro music for you. Yeah, a little lo-fi hip-hop. I like it. You know, there's a there's really solid beat drop right here. Here it comes. Here it comes. We'll let it breathe just a little bit. Nice. That felt pretty nice. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to day three here live. I almost said PAC Expo. It's not PAC Expo. It's Label Expo. And uh, I am here in the S1 booth, and I am joined by Tom Howenstein. Correct. And uh, I said it. You got it. I totally nailed it. an easy one. Um, Tom is winning at uh, facial hair, the facial hair game today. (laughs) So he has defeated me. And I have submitted to uh, to his his victory. So well, well done. I, I appreciate that. I spent a lot of time in the mirror this morning trying <laughs> to get it just right. So that works out. It's right. I have a face for podcasting. Um, <laughs> so hey, if you are joining us live here, we're on, live on LinkedIn. We're live on um, something else. YouTube. There it is. Uh, and um, we're all pretty tired, so we're going to try to bring a little bit more energy. But if you can give us the energy. I've got my laptop right here. Please, like, drop a comment, ask a question. Um, you know, let us know that you can hear us because the internet's been a little suspect around here. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, ah, it's super choppy, we can't see. So you got to let us know, and then we'll figure that part out. Uh, so, Tom, why don't you start by just introducing yourself? We're going to talk a lot about S1, but okay. let's hear about the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, so um, I've been in print for a long time. Uh, I'm the, well, let me start at the beginning. Tom Howenstein, I'm the vice president of sales for the S1 labels and packaging division of S1. Um, been in print a long time. A buddy of mine owns a commercial print shop in Sarasota, and I used to burn plates, color separations for offset printing back in, oh, geez, I was 22, so I don't even think I can count that high as far as years back. Uh, started there and then also in Sarasota is where LexJet or S1 is headquartered. And I met a couple guys that work there and they're like, oh, you're in print. You should come work for us. And completely different ball game as they work in the wide format inkjet world, Epson's, HP's, Canon's, those type of uh, printers selling photo paper and canvas. So started with S1 in 2003. And one of our divisions uh, was a channel to market partner for Michaelman, which is the ink adhesion primer for the Indigo Press. Uh, around 2012, we moved that distribution over to LexJet, and I'm like the Mikey likes it. You know, when something new happens, they're like, hey, just give it to Tom. Let, let's see what he <laughs> does with it, right? So I'm always the guinea pig guy, and so they gave that to me, and then, you know, we started to sell into this Indigo space. At that time, it wasn't really flex pack; It was only label converting, um, but it was just growing, you know, like a compound annual growth rate of 15 to 20%. And we started to look at the numbers and like, hey, we're only selling one product into this market and Mm. it's got an amazing growth. Let's diversify our portfolio. And that business plan kind of brought about that labels and packaging division. So we wanted to start offering varnishes, water-based and UV cured varnishes for label converting. And then also we started to look at flex pack films. Uh, We wanted to sell label stocks, but when I looked at the market, it was pretty saturated, right? I didn't envy going up against the big guys, the Wassaws, the Fassons. I don't sure. think that would have been pretty difficult. But Digital Flex Pack was in its infancy. It still is. Right. Um, so we thought that there might be an opportunity there to start innovating some new Flex Pack films as well as offering your tried and true chip bags or pouch webs and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of where what got okay. us to today. Got it. I can tell you 
that if there's anyone out there watching either live or on replay and you're in the label converting space, we'd be like, oh, you also could have gotten into the label material because that was a bit of a struggle over the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Well, finding material. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we're getting through it. Right, team? We're making it. We're 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 getting there. Uh, well, that's that's awesome. And so in a nutshell today, as you would say, like somebody has no idea. They walk up to your booth here at Label Expo and they're like, OK, so what do you do? And you would say to them, what is it that you do? And just in, in a quick like little 15 to 30 second nugget of information, what does S1 do? Perfect. So what we try to do is on the let's let's break it into liquid. On the ink adhesion coating or varnish side, we try to create custom products at very small minimum order quantities. So let's say you're uh, a brand and you go to a label converter and you're like, I want to do 20,000 labels and it's got the sick litter for a beer can or something like that. So we would create a custom glitter and you could buy just two pails of it and we would never make that product again. So we we downsize specifically for shorter run digital. Same thing with ink adhesion. If there's a specific application and ink's not sticking, we'll custom build you an ink adhesion coating for that. So that's one side. That's on the liquid side. And then, of course, channel to market Michaelman products. We always do that. Um, and then on the film side, we really hyper-focus on sustainable film. So we have product that is single-use plastics. And those are popular, of course, because of their price point, but really a recyclable solution or a composable solution that has a good end of life solution. Um, and I kind of said this in another deal. I don't care what your politics are as far as carbon dioxide and all that stuff. Are we polluting the air? And what's your carbon footprint? One thing I think we can all agree on is that ocean bound plastics are a serious issue. Pollution is a serious issue. Filling up landfills are a serious issue. So can we provide solutions where our packaging ends up becoming plant fertilizer as opposed to just filling up big mounds of dirt or killing fish. Got it. Yeah. And um, another serious issue is that was way longer than 30 seconds. Sorry, I'm not good at that. <laughs> not my strong suit. It's okay. It's all right. I, I, I went to public school. Um, <laughs> shout out to all the public school teachers out there. You guys are heroes. Uh, okay, cool. So um, that, that makes a ton of sense. So you've got the um, the, the adhesion stuff, the, the coating stuff, and then you've got, um, you know, really it looks like from your booth making a real push into compostable films. That's right. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second because it seems like that's the main theme of the show for, for you all. I, I would agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I get a lot of questions about compostable films, mm -hmm. uh, one of which is... Okay, how is so let's talk first about the product, right? Like how how are they compared to traditional films from like a water, what is it? Water moisture barrier, moisture barrier, oxygen barrier, oxygen barrier, barrier those kinds of things. Uh, you can tell I'm super well versed in flexible films. But, <laughs> uh, how do how do they perform relative to their, their kind of fossil fuel derived um Friends and family, I guess. I yeah, that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's a great question. So we engineer, we don't, I mean, there's just a lot of development in that. So as far as oxygen barrier, moisture barrier, we could do some pretty clever things there. So obviously you can metalize these films 
carbons, just like you would a PSR polypropylene, and that adds a lot of both of those barriers. But then you're putting a bunch of aluminum in the ground. What we're really working on are water-based coatings that provide those barriers. And a lot of that heavy lifting is coming from Michaelman, where you just lay down a water-based coating that is certified compostable, and it provides oxygen barrier, moisture barrier, and even heat seal, if you like. So we engineer around that. And then some of the films, whether they're ethanol-based or, or what have you, just have a lot of inherent barrier in them, just like a, a standard fossil fuel friend and family <laughs> film would. Yes. So that's very alliteratory. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's yeah. like gilding golden globes, right? It's just fun <laughs> things to say. Um, and then but we also see from like, let's say a production of running these bags and sealing these bags, a lot of these bio sealants compared to low density polyethylene actually seal at a lower seal initiation mm -hmm. temperature and they have a better seal. So you can actually run these faster Got than it. a traditional film that has been engineered for years and years and years to run fast. These actually run faster just because you're starting with a completely different building block to begin with. Okay. And, uh, and, and by the way, if, if you, if y'all have any questions, you know, bring, bring the ruckus as the Wu-Tang clan said, mm. uh, you can tell I'm feeling a little hip hoppy today. I've got my Jordans on. Yeah. You know, you know. I'm stuck in like 1992 hip hop. If you give me yeah. Keith Murray or Wu Tang or any oh, of those yeah. guys. It's just all day long. I knew, I knew we would get along. I knew. <laughs> uh, that's great. So let, let's hang out here on this compostable film uh, for a second. Sure. So the films are are being used in. I've got I've got so many fun questions, but they're being used for. Is it like stick packs, sachets, stand up pouches? What's sort of the primary use case that you're seeing right now? Yeah. So in the digital flex pack market as a whole, let's take compostable out, it seems like 98% of the market is in the pouching world. What we are seeing is more snack webs to do vertical form fill and seal, horizontal form fill and seal. That's starting to gain more traction. Stick packs are starting to gain more traction. We actually even see, I don't know if you're familiar with cold seal compared to heat seal. Yeah. So we're starting to see more people start to dive into cold seal digitally, which hasn't been done right. to this date. So it's starting to expand 98% pouching, but I would expect over the course of the next five or 10 years, it's going to look more like the whole packaging market where it's going to go into all of them. Our films, obviously we have snack webs and pouch webs, clear white metal uh, that are compostable and uh, recyclable as well. Okay, got it. Uh, I, I did have, I've got a fun idea. So uh, uh, I thought maybe, because we got behind us, it looks like we've got, got an award that you won mm -hmm. uh we've got and, and some pouches i'd be curious i'm gonna take my phone okay i'm gonna go we're gonna we're gonna pop this thing up watch this ready all right let's you see ready, it. you guys ready for this we're this trying is a whole new world this hasn't this been is, tested so let's see how it goes i'm i'm Dwayne wayne and this is a whole new world do you know that <laughs> reference <laughs> yeah that went deep yeah that was a cosby <laughs> spinoff for those yeah. at home yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're gonna go add to stream. All right, I'm gonna stand up. So let's talk about this award you guys won. Okay, uh, yeah, right so we won the. Uh oh. Go ahead. We won the Innovation Award uh, on Tuesday at the Global Reunion Awards ceremony at Label Expo. And again, that was really focused around our compostable films or bio based films. Um, going through a bunch of different certifications, Adam. Uh, we started with BPI, which is the United States Certification for Industrial Composting, and now we're working with TUV, which is a European 
We really like TUV because they also have a home compostable standard, and we're about to have some of our structures be certified home compostable. We also work with CMA, Composters Manufacturers Association, and they're certified for that. And then finally, we just started working with a company called Pila, who creates a Lomi, which is a home composting unit, and it's affordable. It's perfect for the consumer or end user that has their own uh, garden that they're growing you know, herbs, spices, tomatoes, what have you. Awesome. Um, and they're approved for that as well. So no plant ecotoxicity. The plants that you grow out of it are perfect to eat. They break down in a certain amount of time very quickly. So it's just a nice end of use. Specifically, you know, I get excited about the cannabis market because I think there's an opportunity to create this awesome cycle where you grow cannabis, you put it in packaging, the consumer uses it, then they compose the packaging and you grow more cannabis out of the packaging. And then that's like the cannabis circle of life, right? A little Lion King reference right. there. <laughs> um, so right, I let's go, let's go over to the Lomi here. I'll take my, I'll take my, uh, I'm, hopefully I can still hear you. But. Okay. Well, yeah. So he, he's going to the Lomi. We are giving away a Lomi. So if you haven't dropped your business card in our booth, we're at 3431. This is a home composter um, and it's about $500, but uh, it's, it's really awesome. It'll turn, but what you could do is take one of our pouches and throw some banana peels in there, some apple cores, some potatoes, whatever, uh, as opposed to putting in your trash, throw it in here. And then in about a day and a half, it turns that plus our packaging into compost that you could use in your home garden. So really cool end of life solution for packaging. Um, and Adam and I, you, we were talking about this a little bit at the beginning, you know, Packaging not ending up in the ocean or in the landfill is really what we're trying to strive for. And we think we are well on our way. And I have to give a shout out to my man who's right over here, Dan Halkyard off camera. He is the guy that's doing all the legwork as far as, hey, Dan. Dan. Wait. <laughs> so Dan is the man that really works with all the certification bodies and does a ton of legwork uh, to make sure that these products actually end up working in the environment that we hope they do. So uh, thank you, Dan, for that. That's, a, that's awesome. I'm going to go back to my seat. Can you hear me through your uh, headphone there? Not, no, okay. not really. So Adam right, is coming I'll back to his seat if you can't hear him, but he's still walking around. But again, if you have time and you're at the show and you happen to be seeing this, please drop your business card in. That that Lomi Home Composter is a really nice addition to any kitchen. All right, he's back. I made it. That was a first. All right. That was a first for me there. <laughs> but I could hear you through the phone. Perfect. So I heard, I heard all you are talking about. Yeah, so... The, so the the Lomi is interesting, and it's cool. If you're still here, come by come by the booth and, and drop in your business card. We have one in my house, and it's been awesome to. It, it's been it's been really exciting and also like kind of sad to realize like, man, I wish there was just more stuff that we could compost. So my family and I were going to try a 30 day period, of like a plastic free month. Oh, that's awesome. Or like, can we live, can we feed our five tiny humans and our two dogs and our two adult humans? Like, can all of us eat and live buying nothing in single-use plastic? And it sounds like, okay, yeah. That, Wait, that's, I bet that's going to be more of a struggle. It's going to be, imagine. we've already started like trying to plan it out. And my wife's like, uh, how are we going to buy bread? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, get a bread maker i don't 
I don't really know, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's bread bags are polyethylene, so at least they're a single structure monoweb, and you can bring that to like a store drop off if you're in Florida. That's like a Publix or Midwest Kroger's. Um, but yeah, you're going to struggle there, unfortunately. But that's opportunity for all of us to get better in that regard. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll report back as to how that. Works. Yeah, yeah. Please do. I'm interested yeah. to read up on that. <laughs> okay, so let's kind of recap here. So y'all are growing and building this this sort of, I don't know, fleet or offering of compostable, currently industrially compostable, hopefully home compostable certified films. Um, oh, I did have one more question on that. Okay. I have one more question because uh, I do get this a lot, especially on TikTok because TikTok is crazy. Yes, it is. It's crazy. It's a crazy place. But I get the question about what happens to compostable film if it goes to the... Landfill. So I've been told okay. that it's not much different because there's not a whole lot of water and oxygen getting in the land. That's correct. Is that about right? Yeah. So it's an anaerobic environment. And unfortunately, bugs need, you know, oxygen to survive. So um, something that in a composting unit might compost in like 90 days in a landfill might last thousands of years. Right. Right. So it's important that and that's that's a big struggle is how do you get the products to where they should be going? Because we can put something into a compostable structure, but John Smith consumer yeah. right, just throws it in his trash and then the whole value prop is gone. Right. But what we see with the Yashin, they're way more focused on holding brands accountable for a uh, a sustainable solution and they're way more cognizant of where their trash is going and what they try to do. And they kind of err on the side of caution. I think a lot of stuff ends up in a recycle bin that has no business being there. Correct. So, <laughs> you know, but then it, then it's up to the recycling facility to sort through all that. But I think there's a way you have to make it simple for the com consumer. And that's why the Lomi is so exciting because you're just doing it right there on site. It just eliminates, is it going into the green bin or the blue bin or does it go into the trash? It's just like, no, it just goes into my Lomi with the rest of my food scraps and I'm growing tomatoes out of it the yeah. next day. Yeah, I'm. Uh, let's connect up after this because I'd love to take something back and make some, like make a TikTok video or something about you know, the Lomi. Corey Connors actually also got one if you follow Corey on yeah. social media. Yeah, absolutely I do. As well, so. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, give you some pouches and you could take back and throw in there. That'd be sure. great. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so is it safe to say then, I know I said we were going to wrap up, but I'm a pastor by trade. So it's like, you know, if you've ever been to a church service and they're just like, okay, I'm, I got I got my last point. And you're like, all right, no, this yeah. for another 20 minutes. Yeah, here. Uh, let's not do that. But my is it safe to say then that for compostable packaging today, is it still safe to be like, when in doubt, throw it out? Or because if you don't know, right, this has kind of been my take. If you don't know what to do with it, just throwing it in your recycle bin isn't super helpful because it's either going to end up in a landfill or contaminating stuff that could be recycled. Correct. Correct. And and, and so tough because the recycling solution by state, state, County to county, city, yeah. to city, city to city, country to country is completely different. Right. So it's really hard for people to manage these rules. And those rules aren't static. They're dynamic. I feel like they change on a weekly or monthly basis. So the only thing worse is the cannabis regulations right now. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a mess. <laughs> so just over engineer if it comes to cannabis and hope for the best. But right. Yeah. That's right. always got, especially because it's not federally legal. Right. So it's 
you're driving all that decision making to the local level and that's yeah. going to create turmoil yeah um but yeah I'm, I'm with you if you're not sure and this is where the brands have to be really good of giving specific instructions correct on how to handle it and educate the customer on what to do with it but yeah if you're uneducated and unsure i think you're right on yeah because because at the end of the day right like we just talked about if if it's a compostable structure and it ends up in the wild which we don't want it to right we don't want litter we don't want pollution but if it is made from a compostable structure it it is not going to turn into microplastics and end up being being this really contaminating thing right so that's positive like its other counterparts of it is in the landfill it's going to be in the landfill just like everything else is going to be and and best case is get yourself a loamy come down and win it and then you can turn you can turn this into usable fertilizer essentially right for is it fertilizer compost compost you can use it for compost. soil enhancer sometimes is the buzz i heard now. soil enhancer yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i think there's you know they're getting a little squirrely about what defines compost so right soil enhancer i guess is the terminology preferred terminology of today which again due to dynamics will probably be something different today. it's yeah it's probably going to be probably going to be something different uh, well, that is that's that's super exciting. So, how do people get in touch with you and learn more about S One? They can, obviously we got the website here on the down over here. On the oh yeah, yeah. It's S One LP dot com. Jacket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sign. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. So S One LP is great. I mean, you can always email me at Tom dot Howenstein at S One dot com. You're gonna have to spell that one. Good luck me. with that. <laughs> uh, it's H A U E N S T E I N. I think I'm gonna just have to hire a John Smith to just make it easier to reach you us. Just change your email to John Smith. I should do that. I should do you know people, right? Yeah. yeah. Like maybe like John Q come poster. You, you know what's funny? So it's a there's a company in Sandy, Utah called Peak.com. Spelled the same one. Okay. .com. Yep. So I went to a job fair and they were like, Oh, are you looking for a new job? And I said, No, I'm looking for an email address. <laughs> and I said, How many qualified leads does Peak.com need for me to own the web the email address Adam at peak.com? And I never got anywhere. No, no. Uh -oh. Have you gone on and tried to buy that domain? They still own it. It's still a company. Just throw a number at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you $20 for this domain, <laughs> peak.com. Yeah, it's probably not going to work. I bet Howenstein.com is available, though. You should check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably still there. <laughs> yeah, I bet. $4 for that one. $4.17. There you go. Uh, well, Tom, this has been great. Thanks for... Uh, for continuing to innovate and push congrats on the award thank you that you all won and hopefully it is the end of the day or it's the afternoon here at label expo but if you're milling around you're slightly hungover we understand <laughs> but you should still come on over to s1 and check out what they got going on here if not you can find them on the interwebs uh, s1lp.com and find tom howenstein online yeah that works perfect adam thank you so much for the time and the opportunity and thank you guys for tuning in really appreciate it yeah for sure thanks tom awesome